Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello, this is Mia Alexander from One Hope Church with your podcast for today. And today's um, podcast is based on the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. This book, Revelation, was written by John the, the Apostle, and it was written during the time of 95 AD, while he was uh, exiled on the island of Patmos. The title of the book, Revelation, comes from the Greek word for apocalypse, and refers to an unveiling or disclosure of something as yet unknown. This title is certainly appropriate for the book, revealing the events of the future. It gives a clear biblical portrait of the events of the tribulation, dealing with the specifics of that terrible time to come. But in chapter 21, in comes the hope. The hope we have been given through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes, even though the book of Revelation provides the details of the, on the tribulation, some of it in the mystery of symbolic language, the final four chapters, 19 through 22, provide the overall message of the book. It shows Christ's future triumph over the forces of evil and his recreation of the world for the redeemed, for us. In the end, the book and the world end in a final victory for truth and goodness and beauty. I'll just read these five verses, and it's titled, A New Heaven and a New Earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's take a look at the first verse. Um, honestly, this kind of had me a little bit worried. Um, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I don't like the idea of any more sea, because you guys know me. When I go home, I'm a total beach bum, and all I want to eat is seafood. But, you know, maybe in describing the state of the things as it will be in eternity, John probably had to use a language of this world because it's, it's all he had. He had to liken what he saw in the vision to things that his audience could see in the present world because it's the only world they knew. Also, the word see is used, and maybe it is symbolic because it could be about 
not having any more raging seas in your life, no more storms. Can you imagine John trying to describe the visions God blessed him with to the churches he wrote to? He had to use whatever language and illustrations he could find in an attempt to describe the spiritual quality of life in the eternal state. This made me feel a little better thinking this way because I, I love my beach and I love my seafood. Uh, verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Sounds like heaven is not a refreshed version of things we have already seen or experienced. Heaven will be totally new and unlike anything we have ever seen. It will be more beautiful than anything that we can imagine. Life as we know it in the present world will be completely replaced. John made it clear that the future state of things will be vastly different from the present world we live in. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. You know, we picture God dwelling in heaven and people as dwelling on earth. In eternity, when we meet on that beautiful shore, wait, see, that's that hymn. They're talking about shore. They're talking about um, on the sweet by and by, we'll meet on the beautiful shore. So I have a feeling we might still see some sea. And we can't have the shore without a sea, right? Anyway, I digressed. In the eternity... No such distinction exists because God will be dwelling with his people in a way of life never before experienced. I need to repeat this because my human brain is still trying to wrap itself around this. In heaven, we will be in the presence of God himself. There we will be with Jesus, the apostles, and all the saints. Imagine how awe-inspiring that will be. And I long to see my mom and dad and grandmothers. I've never met my grandfather, so preferably I can meet them for the first time. It will be holy and beautiful where God and his people live together in the closest fellowship. This will all be possible because sin has been completely removed. Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. In the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, there will no longer be death, mourning, crying, or pain, and as stated earlier, no more sin. Any suffering that we experience on earth will be forgotten. Any sacrifices that we have made will be well worth it. Usually when people mention the book of Revelation, they immediately think about judgment. I could see why. A lot of judgment occurs in the book. However, it does provide hope. The Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's Romans 8 verse 18. The prophet Isaiah prophesied thousands of years ago, 
For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I created Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. That's Isaiah 65, verse 17 to 19. Just think, the book of Isaiah was written almost 3,000 years ago. Yet nothing has changed as God's word is the same today as it was yesterday. And it will be the same tomorrow. Let's go to verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. John hears the voice of him that sat on the throne. God declaring himself to be the author of the new heaven and earth and ordered him to write down what he had seen, for it is true and faithful. And just moving forward a little bit in verse 6, it affirms that things were now done and finished as God calls himself the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Chapter 21 overall is one of the most encouraging chapters in the Bible to me. I should say that I have read and studied so far. I'm going to be clear on that. I still need to read the Bible cover to cover. It is not a chapter you read quickly, though, without giving it a lot of thought. These words are to be treasured, remembered, shared, kept in your heart. We have to allow these words to give us hope in this lost world. These are the words of God, and they are full of joy, hope, peace, and love. However, just to show you how much um, hope there is in these words. Uh, moving forward a little bit again. Um, chapter 21, verses 7 and 8. It says, He who overcomes will inherit these things. Those things talked about in verses 1 through 5. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Which eternity are you living for? The scripture speaks for itself. God's message is clear. Notice God says, he who overcomes will inherit these things. Overcome what? That answer is different for each of us because we all have our sins we face on a daily basis and we must strive to overcome them. We may suffer, but this is part of God's plan for us. And I can think of a few reasons why he allows it to teach us, discipline us, shape us into the people that he created us to be. So what pains or indignities have you suffered? What broken relationships have you wept over? Has death's sword struck deep into your heart? Revelation chapter 21 is a chapter about hope. It describes the new Jerusalem and what heaven will be like for those that persevere and endure life's hardships. Revelation reminds us that there is indeed hope beyond the momentary trials and, and struggles of this life. 
This promise of a new life encourages us as well as persecuted believers. We have no need to fear the future because God is always in control. As long as we feel our need of him, he will supply that need. We have been promised that if we triumph through persecution and temptation and prove the genuineness of our faith, we will enjoy a special and close relationship with God our Father. Those who do not deny Christ through fear of persecution prove that their faith is false and will join their tempter in the lake of fire. I know that sounds harsh, but it is written, it is his word. Again, which eternity are you living for? Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I know that one day the darkness will pass away and we will dwell in perpetual light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can read about the creation of the world in Genesis and see your plan of redemption unfold all the way to the creation of a new heaven and earth in Revelation. Thank you for that day when the sin-stained world will be destroyed, sin and death will be no more, and you will wipe every tear from our eyes. Father, we know that you are the one that holds the future, and we trust our lives into your hands today, knowing that you are with us in every trial and pain we are facing. We don't understand, but we trust in your loving kindness and tender mercies, which are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Father, how we praise you for your gracious plan of redemption. It starts and finishes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he won the victory over sin and Satan, death and hell, and that all who come to him for salvation will be satisfied and blessed forever. Thank you that your saving water of life is a free gift of your grace and that no one will be turned away. Bring many into the truth of this wonderful gospel and bring thirsty souls to a knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done for each one of us. Thank you that our eternal future is secure in Christ. He alone is worthy of all our praise and glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy your day. Mm -hmm.